Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 36 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, and as always with me is my good time friend, Mr. Kirby Hossman, all the way from Coshocton, Ohio. Kirby, how the hell are you? I am doing extraordinarily well, my friend. Uh, always good to talk to you and always good to jump into the Unscripted podcast and the Unscripted topics today. We are definitely jumping into the unscripted topics today and uh, unscripted. It's so unscripted, I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. <laughs> well, That's how unscripted we are. I am completely ill-prepared for this podcast, which means I still have the courage That's right. to do this podcast. And I want to thank you for having the courage to do it with me. Uh, hey, I appreciate you, uh, you always giving me the shout-out on my courage. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? Something else I'd like to give a shout out on. The good people at Bay State, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but some people still may not have gotten it through their noggins as of today. But Bay State has a complete line of kitchen products. And anyone who knows anything about the world of promotional products knows that the vast majority of promotional products are kept in what room, Kirby? I believe it's the kitchen, Bill. That is 100% correct, Kirby. And since that's the case, doesn't it make sense to partner with a supplier that makes the most robust line of kitchen products in Bay State? It does. Excellent. I knew you thought that way. So <laughs> for any people who don't think that way, we highly encourage you to go to your Google machine, go to BayState.com, look at all the great products that you can have your client's brand on, and they will be kept for a long, 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 long time. Absolutely. Good All stuff, right. man. Good stuff. Well, hey, do you? All right. I think well, let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. No, let's light this candle. You got a topic to start us off? Yeah. Okay. I got one. Um, this is one that I actually have been meaning to bring up for the last couple of weeks, and um, I've, it finally made my list today. So, it, it, with the idea that we are a marketing uh, group or a marketing podcast, you know, the idea of good ads versus bad ads. And so there's two out there, you know, the uh, Snickers campaign where, you know, you know, they use celebrities and then they eat a bite of Snickers. And the idea is you're not you when you're hungry. I think that's yes. a that's a pretty decent ad. I think they get across the, the the concept and they do a good job on the other side of it. <laughs> Milky Way has a series of ads and I don't know if you've seen that but it's like it's like the same you know kind of concept only a lot lot worse so the the, the ad sort of goes like um, it's someone who's painting the lines on a road and they veer off into the side of a bridge and someone who's helping another person move and they've dropped the couch on themselves and then sort of the the end of it, is this female tattoo artist is tattooing this big bald guy and it's, you know, the, the tattoo says no regerts. And the whole line is they're like, I'm sorry, I was eating a Milky Way. <laughs> Every time I, I see that, I'm like, 
why the hell would I ever want to eat a Milky Way if that's what happens to me? It's like the uh, version of, you know, weed in brownies or whatever. I, I, like I, don't, I don't get that ad. And so it made right. me bring up the concept of other bad ads that you've seen or that kind of resonate with you. I was just curious to, to give you a, a thoughts on that ad or any other ads you see right now. Well, it's a good question. And I watch so little TV. Right. Um, and it's not some sort of uh, moral high ground stance. I just don't watch a lot of TV. I've got 14-year-old twin boys, so my life happens to be fairly hectic from soccer practices to baseball practices to them yelling at me for no reason. <laughs> there's not there's not a lot of time to watch TV. I have seen the Snickers one, and I think Snickers has a nice history of, of – Pretty effective ad campaigns, although I'm not sure I really want to see William Defoe again <laughs> yeah, as sure. Marilyn Monroe. That that's, makes me kind of tense. Yeah, I think too. bad – I can't identify specific bad ads. Here's what I don't like about advertising. Um, and I, I agree with you on the, the Milky Way one. I have seen that and I'm like, why would I want – to buy a product that makes my performance suck, right? <laughs> it blows me away. <laughs> yeah, but I what the the ones that bother me are the ones that try to be too artistic, and I I leave the commercial going. I have no idea what that was a commercial for. Right. G, uh, gene companies tend to do that, and and sometimes even car companies do a lot of that. So to me, and I can't. I, I again, this is truly unscripted, so I really don't have one to say that I don't get. Um, I, I can think of some ones in the past I haven't gotten. Like I've always thought the GoDaddy ads were really ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I've never understood that, um, and I've never understood that. But it's the, the, the ads that I leave wondering: what the hell product or service are they advertising? Yeah, no, for one. sure. So, well, hey, hold on. I can let me. I just just see one just popped into my bill brain. All right, awesome. So. I think it's a national campaign, but Shaquille O'Neal, arguably one of the top 10 greatest basketball players in the history of basketball, right? Right. right. Is hawking discount insurance for the general. Have you seen <laughs> these commercials? I have seen those, yeah, actually. <laughs> and he's sitting in a convertible, looks like a Corvette type car, you know, a sports car, convertible sports car, with some really weird drawn animated general. Yeah. I, those one. those ones make me very uncomfortable because it, 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 Shaq looks like there's about 783 places he'd rather be in at that moment. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, and honestly, I just thought of this, but um, a I'd be really curious to hear you know from our audience other ads that they don't like or that you know that they've had more time to think about because I I did put you on the spot. But one of the other things that occurs to me is I actually struggle with this. Because I couldn't think of other ones. The Milky one, Milky Way one just irritates me. But the I couldn't think of a lot more. And I think it actually goes to a bigger point is that it because of social media, because of the, the second screen, um, I actually think the value of uh, advertising, 30-second commercials has, has decreased. Um, well, well, because even, that's not where people are telling the story. Yeah, well, even beyond that. Most of the television I do watch has been recorded. Right. And so I'm fast-forwarding through the commercials anyway. So unless it's a live sporting event or other live event that I have interest in, 
I, I'm not watching a lot of commercials. And even in the case of a live sporting event, sometimes I'll purposely like start it and then pause it and walk yeah. away for a half hour just so I can not sit through commercials for a while. Yeah. Um, so I do think the value, the traditional 30-second advertisement uh, is gone, but there are other avenues where that advertising does work. And, and I think you hit on one with YouTube, you know, where you, you, you know, 15 seconds is about most anyone will watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I think that's still a very valuable and viable place to get somebody's attention. Yeah, for sure. Well, I would be curious to hear from the audience of ads that they, that are driving them crazy right now, but uh, I think we've covered that. So do you have another I do. Topic? I do. And this one is promotional products specific. Awesome. Um, and Michelle Bell at ASI, and this is something you and I have spoken about couple times on this podcast and I've always been passionate about and I think you know where I'm going. So Michelle Bell wrote a great article on the ASI website um, called The Big Squeeze in yep. the, the our promo products distributors putting too much demand on suppliers. And you know, like I said, we've discussed this yep. and the way she lays out the article is, is really extraordinarily well done. You know, distributors keep looking for more rebates Sometimes requests for indemnification, longer terms, up to 90 days with some suppliers. And this one kind of surprised me. Some distributors are even looking for prebates, which is upfront rebate money from suppliers, which is <laughs> which is, is amazing to me. When you think that if you look at the entire distributor base, some have do great a great job with their clients and offer value. But many don't. Many are just pass-throughs from they're, – they're a conduit from the supplier to the end user. I have a theory on this because, I, like I said, I've always felt this way having been on the, on the distributor side for 15 years. And I think I told you when I ran my own distributorship, I made it a point on uh, every show I went to to take a supplier out to dinner. My treat, wherever they wanted to go, just to say thank you because – you, you see it. We all see it at trade shows. Many suppliers are taking uh, distributors out to dinner or, or let me put it a different way. Distributors are asking suppliers to go to dinner just to have the dinner, <laughs> not to build a partnership, not to strengthen the relationship, but to get a free dinner. Right. And I think the same thing is, well, what can, can you go cheaper on this? And each supplier, just like any business, has a pie. Right. right, You can only slice it so many different ways. And I'm wondering if all the demands that are being put on the suppliers by good distributors and bad distributors, because right, it's everybody putting that pressure on the suppliers. Is it just going to hasten the demise of the distributor channel? Is this what is finally going to push someone on the supplier side over the edge and say, screw it, we're going to go direct? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's it, it, one of the, the the things that I took out of it, and I, it, it, you're right. Um, Michelle did a really nice job in the article, um, but I kept coming back to this is the the work, and and maybe this is. I feel like I'm going to go into territory that's going to get me in trouble here. But I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, the folks that are putting the squeeze on the the suppliers are the bigger distributors for the most part. 
right? Because, for the most part, they are. Yeah, because it, it is. You're right. For the be, most part, it is. Because I don't, you know, smaller distributors, historically speaking, don't have the leverage to ask for all these things. Because let me just tell you, in my experience, suppliers are perfectly comfortable telling me no. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that um, suppliers do need to push back. I know that the, the bigger distributors are a huge portion of their business, so I totally understand. But, you know, one of the on the other side of it, I feel like sometimes because you and I have talked about this before, I know that there are distributors out there that try to take advantage of every single thing. Like they, you know, they want free shipping on samples and they want this and they want that. Right. And it's funny because I actually had a conversation with a supplier in my office just a couple of weeks ago. And I said, we don't do that. We fully expect to pay for the things that we get. But then on the other side, I feel like sometimes we get punished for being nice about it, right? Because they're trying right. to make up for the people who are squeezing them. And so it, it might be the beginning of the demise, but on the other side, I just feel like, you know, in, in business and in life, you train people how to treat you by the boundaries you set. Correct. And so I think to a degree, you know, some, some suppliers need to start working on setting some boundaries for their uh, <laughs> more bratty clients. Oh, no question. But you know, if there's a big enough order, they're going to get cheap on the pricing. Yeah. Right? They're gonna they're gonna compromise their own pricing model. Maybe the maybe the end game of all this is both suppliers and distributors. Pick your battles. It's right. the same thing you tell your kids. Yeah. I had one of my twins argues every single thing on the planet. And 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 honestly, there are some times he makes some really good arguments. And you know what? Because he argues every single point, I have a hard time opening my mind and my heart to the arguments that are good. So maybe distributors really pick and choose when you need something from suppliers. And suppliers, maybe you should say no a little more often. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's funny. I remember this was probably a couple of years ago, Bill, and I remember reaching out to a supplier rep, and it was one of those where uh, I wanted. I, I reached out on a quote and just said, "Hey, I need a quote on such and such." And it took him right. a little bit to get back, and he wrote back. And finally, when he did write back, he's like, "Holy cow, this is a big order." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not emailing you over 15 T-shirts. Like, right. it's it's about utilizing um, them as partners when it makes sense to do it." But you know what? They are so inundated with ridiculous requests of, I've got a huge opportunity here to sell 144 mugs. Man, give me your best pricing. And I'm not kidding, man. we got to get down and dirty to get this. Yeah, that's funny. And, and so it's tough. I mean, it's, it's part of it is just the way the model is built. Yeah. But I think you bring up a very good point. It's up to... I, I think it's okay for distributors to ask. It's almost like a child-parent relationship, right? Yeah. And in this case, the, the, the distributors are the children. I think it's okay to ask for certain things, but suppliers really have to set their limits and not get so slutty on the pricing at the first drop of a hat or, <laughs> or, or start uh, compromising their integrity on what they're willing to do in, in terms or so on and rebates, so on and so forth. So, uh, and, and that is the best term I've heard is just suppliers stop getting slutty on the price. That's fantastic. There you go. There you go. Good advice. All right, Kirby, you got another one? Yeah, we'll make this one a quick one um, because it's the most self-serving thing I'm going to say all day. Um, As you know – And I know know what this is and 
Honestly, I'm not going to start calling you Hercules. So if that's what you're going to talk about, we can move on right now. No, I, I've dropped that. You know, okay. I can't get my wife Good. to call me that either. Uh, okay, can, then continue, please. So uh, you do know, though, that uh, we've come out with uh, the second edition of Delivering Marketing Joy, the book. Um, I do. Yeah, and um, we've come out with an audio version specifically for Dana Zezo because he said he wanted that. Um, but no, we've got an audio version of the book as well, um, new material, all that stuff. I'm really excited about it, but it's like um, – and it's and you know this, but it's written for the end user in yep. mind. Um but I want your advice, man. I want your advice and I want our listeners' advice on how best to promote it within the industry because it's got case studies well, from I other think, distributors and all kinds of stuff. So it's – I think it's safe for everybody to hand out. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I've read the book obviously and I was honored that you asked me to write a little blurb on the back of the book, which, which I was able to do and I'm uh, honored to have done that. I think it's a really great book, like you said, for end users, Kirby. And, and honestly, I think that's the best use for it. I know a lot of people use it as kind of a intro to the promotional products industry to new people. And I think that's great, but what better way to explain the value of promotional products than to give that book to an important client. Now, you asked how to promote it within the industry. Right. Uh, I think something like this might help. I, I think a um, – I would love for you to do a Facebook Live. Mm. Uh, ask the author. You know, okay. Set a time where it's a Facebook Live through the Promotional Products Professionals page. Now, there's a good possibility when you do a Facebook Live there that someone's going to ask you where to find Yeti products. <laughs> but if you try to keep if you try to keep the scope narrowed and focused on, hey, ask me questions, and it can be anything related to promotional products, to content, which you do quite a bit of, to you know maybe some people want to know, well, I'd like to write a book. How do you do that? Or you know. I, that, I think a Facebook Live thing would be interesting. Yeah, I really man. do. I think that's a really good idea. I hadn't thought of that. So um, that's cool, man. I appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so and I'll be open to other suggestions from the audience if anybody else has any ideas on how to promote it. Because I want to get – again, I think I'd love to get other distributors handing it out to their clients just because I think it, it does add value to, the, to them, I hope. And so that's the goal. I, I think so. You know, any Look, anybody who says I don't read – not just your book, any book. I don't read. I don't pay attention to stuff. I, I've learned everything I'm going to learn. Go ahead and retire. Seriously, <laughs> just, just, just go ahead and hang up them spikes, baby. It's over. Because yeah. the day you decide you stop learning is also the day you stop caring. Mm. Yeah. I'm Bill Petrie, and I approve that message. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks, buddy. I like the Facebook Live idea. Um, let's. Uh, I think we got time for another topic. I got one quick one. Okay. So, and and I I put the jotted these out independently on different weeks. This one's actually been on my sheet probably for about three four weeks. Just hadn't gotten around to it because we were talking about the greatness of Van Halen and so on and so forth. <laughs> um. You know, very few suppliers have products that are exclusive to them, right? Right. If, if for, you know, there are some, but for the most part, you can find a specific brand of apparel at many different suppliers or a specific pen, so on and so forth. 
We talk a lot about in our industry about relationships and how valuable relationships are, how important they are. And I think they're I do think they're incredibly important. They're important from the distributor to the end user because the end user trusts you with their brand, which is their baby. So there's a lot of relationship that's important there. But I also think it's important on the supplier distributor side, which we talked about a few minutes ago. That's huge. But I want to move beyond the relationship. So besides the relationship. As a distributor, Kirby, what do you look for in a supplier? Um, okay. And you want to move away from the re- relationship. Um, well, the relationship's a given. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm using that as a given. Okay. So, you know, that's like saying, you know, besides the French fries, why would you go to McDonald's? Right, right, right. Um, besides that, I guess, you know, I, I think one of the things that I say all the time, Bill, is, and this is really what it boils down to past the relationship, but it's probably tangential to the relationship is I always say that we are in the business. I am in the business of making promises for other people. Mm -hmm. And so what I'd say is I, next to the person in the relationship, I want to do business with people who's who I believe keep their promises. So you can say that could be, you know, on the service side and you can say that could be on the quality of the product side. Um, you know, the pricing is important up until a point. Um, just because it has to be competitive because it has to be competitive for our clients. But I want to do business with people who keep their promises. So that has to do with service and, and quality. So those are those are probably the two um, most important things I look for. And, and service might be speed, right? If I'm if I'm kind of mm-hmm. spinning that forward. Mm-hmm. So speed, service, and um, just the overall quality of the product. And to your point, the quality of the product is almost a given, right? Especially if you're if you're talking about things that a bunch of different suppliers have. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So if you're comparing this Yeti knockoff to this Yeti knockoff to this Yeti knockoff, the quality from my perspective is going to be right there. So now it it comes to, okay, how quick uh, and um, how quick can you get it done and do it in such a way that we're keeping our promises? So that's that's probably my take on that. I think that's a great answer. I I really do. And I, I really and I know, obviously, I blindsided you with that, which is part of the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> but I, I really wanted to know well, – because I, I think you're right. I think quality is a given. Uh, in many cases, a product is a product is a product. Not in every case. Sure. So I don't want suppliers getting all persnickety with me. Yeah. But in many cases, look, a lot of companies are sourcing the same products from the same exact source in Shenzhen, yeah. right, in China. So – uh, interesting, interesting one. Do you have one more quick one, or are we out of time? Because I don't, I am not the timekeeper. If you guys haven't figured this out by now, <laughs> I do not keep time. I do not. I think we've covered enough for one day, my friend. All right. Um, but but I think that it's important that we probably thank the good folks at Bay State, and that seems like that's kind of in your wheelhouse. You know what? You just threw a nice, soft, fastball right down the center, and I'm going to knock this baby out of the park because you know what, Kirby. I love the good people at Bay State for a variety of reasons. Today I love them because they have the best damned kitchen products in the industry. There's been times I've loved them because they have the best damned ice scrapers in the industry. Today, it's about kitchen products. In fact, I used a Bay State product this weekend. We made a pizza at the Petrie household, and I used a Bay State pizza cutter on that baby, and it it cut like a dream. You talk about uniform pizza size. 
I think my kids will talk about that moment probably their entire lives. So <laughs> if, if you want if you want uniform pizza slices and you want um, you want your brand on something that's going to be kept and used for years, possibly even decades. Kirby and I highly encourage you to go to baystate.com and absolutely look at their products. Absolutely, my friend. Very well done, as always, and always good to talk to you, my friend. My pleasure, sir, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corner's Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. 